try to play, but you're never gonna beat me. Look the other way, what I'm doing ain't easy. What's going on, everyone? This is Drew Code Sports Talk, and I am your host, Andrew Wright. And over in Clovis, California, is my co-host, Cody Johnson. Cody. What's going on, everybody? Drew, welcome back, man. It's good to have you. Uh, for those that didn't know, I uh, did a couple of YouTube videos that you guys can check out now. And unfortunately, Andrew couldn't be there. But we are on the eve of opening day. And I know Drew has literally been chomping at the bit for this day. So this is all for you, man. So can't wait to get started. Uh, don't forget, you guys, subscribe to the podcast and the YouTube channel. And don't forget to follow us on social media. So with that being said, let's get started. All right, Cody. Well, we are back uh, together, of course. Uh, you so you were solo. Yeah, you were solo last week. I appreciate that while I was uh, busy doing stuff around the house and whatnot. So I appreciate you doing all that. But man, I'm glad to be back. I am so happy to be doing this episode. There's so much baseball to talk about. I am ecstatic. Um, but before we get into all that, Cody, how are you doing, man? Doing well, man. Doing well. I'm excited for you because I know this is your favorite time of the year, it seems like. But doing well, uh, I am basically playing Mr. Mom all this week. Uh, I've been pulling you about it. My wife's basically got a crazy work schedule. So I have been just turning the hamster wheel every day, it seems like. And so now I'm pretty excited to be able to sit down and enjoy a good podcast and, uh, you know, go from there. So. Hey, don't tell, don't talk to me about watching your kids. I watch my, I'm a stay at home dad. So I, I watch the kids all the time. So. No, you're right. No, I, there's yeah. no, there's no, uh, nothing against it. I respect it. It's, it's just hard because, you know, work is chaotic and then go home and do it all over. And so, yeah, I, I commend you for doing this full time, man. It is, yeah. it is everything it says it is. So, yeah, people think that, you know, uh, people who go to work, that's, you know, to get money for the family, you know, to come home and, and be able to do things. No, 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 no. Work is the escape. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> work is the escape. Okay. So uh, that's my wife was smart enough to, to have a skill. And she said, you stay home. <laughs> so you, I said, I said, yes, ma'am. She can said, you get... deal with these kids. <laughs> I, I asked her, can I get coffee every day? She's like, that's fine. All right. We're, we're good then. I can do that. I can handle it. So, Cody, before we get into all the baseball stuff first, I wanted to get into a couple of things that just recently happened. Head coach uh, Todd Bowles will now step up, who was the defensive coordinator. He now steps up in the head coaching uh, position. And Bruce Arians is actually not completely retiring. He's just moving up into uh, like a front office type of a role. So, um, you know, good for him. Um, I know he is very well liked around in the league. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it it just kind of seemed like it was inevitable that this was going to happen. Um, You know, I know that Bill Simmons, I forgot who he had on uh, when they were talking about this, but um, (laughs) Bill Simmons kind of had a joke throughout the year where you could tell 
if the Buccaneers were going to be good last last year or not in mm-hmm. a game. Uh, just judging by the tone, like the color of Bruce Arians' face, <laughs> if it was really dark, like really bright red, um, that means he had been golfing the day before, which means he wasn't doing anything football-wise. Oh, so wow. they're going to have a bad day. And so, Jeez. Okay. and it was almost, it was almost money. Okay. It was yeah. almost money. So, um, it, I think he, he had been wanting to do this for a while, but, uh, kudos to, uh, to Bruce Arians. It came out that he wanted, to, uh, Todd Bowles to take over a while ago, Yeah, but, um, he wanted to leave him a good team. And I, I'm pretty sure that Bruce Arians was full on ready to, mm-hmm. um, coach this year. Um, but then Tom Brady came back and I'm pretty sure he had a little bit of a hand in that as well as probably Todd Bowles. Yeah. Um, and so I really feel like, um, you know, Bruce Arians was ready to coach. I I heard there was a lot of some conspiracy theories of like, well, you know, maybe Tom Brady knew that Bruce Arians was going to go and that's why he came back. Um, Mm -hmm. instead of like, you know, just staying retired I don't know how true that is. I don't. I don't know how bad the relationship between you know Tom Brady and Bruce Arians was, but I I believe the story in that Bruce Arians wanted to give it to Todd Bowles. I think we had talked about this before uh, when they hired Todd Bowles as a DC. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had figured that he was probably going to be uh, you know the next coach once Arians was done, and it didn't seem like he was going to be there any that much longer anyway. So. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, good good for Todd Bowles. I, be, I believe he deserved another chance. Um, I think he kind of got screwed over uh, with the New York Jets. I mean, he made that defense phenomenal and nothing to show for it, really. So, um, you know, I, I am very happy for for Todd Bowles to um, to be able to get this opportunity and, and do it with an actual quarterback. So, <laughs> Yeah, no, I agree. Um, and I think when we were talking about who the next head coach should be before, Uh, for the Raiders before uh, McDaniels ultimately got the job I had on mine. And I think you did too, Todd Bowles as a favorite, or at least in your top five of who you wanted uh, the Raiders to go after. And, um, you know, I agree. I think he got the short end of the stick with the jets and I'm glad to see that he's getting another opportunity. But I think too, what makes this kind of really, really cool and uh, really a positive thing is um, you know, I had heard the reports earlier this morning as well, too, when it was kind of announced by uh, Schefter. And basically, in addition to what he reported is he uh, he meaning Bruce Arians actually convinced Tom Brady to come out of retirement, telling him like what the plan is going to be, wanting to make sure Todd Bowles was set up for success. And Tom Brady obviously agreed to it. Uh, and a majority of the Buccaneers have, you know, re-signed, come back to make sure that this team as his ready as it can be for Todd Bowles. And I think too, it's like a perfect blueprint to what teams should do. If you want a coach to succeed and you know, if the, that current coach who has, you know, quote unquote succeeded as much as they can with that, that team, rather than implode it, why don't you put a coach in there in a good situation rather than have him go through the dog years, which is what Todd Bowles did. So it's really cool to see that Bruce Arians is giving him a team that is ready to roll and, you know, arguably maybe, you know, an NFC favorite going into the regular season. And Todd Bowles has already earned a ton of respect from the players and even former players are, you know, giving them, giving him their approval and like how great of a coach he is. So this is huge. And I think to the NFL should be more like this, where you have 
coaches like Bruce Arians setting the example to make it a point to have their guys succeed, you know, and Sean McVay is very notorious for doing this too, but Bruce Arians has been very public about it. Um, I told you earlier today too, that Bruce Arians has this favorite uh, video clip where he threatens to fire his staff. If they miss any of his family's important activities, whether it's kids recitals, sporting events, you know, anniversaries, whatever he goes, I'll fire you. Your, your family never comes before football. It's always family first, no matter what. And it's, he's the only coach that preaches that it sounds like, which is phenomenal. And this is just a great example of him making sure that his guys are successful and he leaves them in a situation where, you know, they're, they're set up to succeed and granted, yeah, yeah, he's going to be within the organization, but bottom line is it's not like he's walking away and the team has fallen apart. Good luck, Todd Bowles or whatever coach in there. Now, this is actually a, a huge like deal. And I think more NFL teams should do this. It would set up the NFL for a lot more success especially for coaches of like minority with Todd Bowles. I mean, who, who knows if he would have gotten another opportunity because of one bad team that he was on that was handed to him and it was a crap shoot to begin with. And now with him actually improving this team or being on a Super Bowl winning team, you know, this just helps him so much more and gives him a better opportunity to show what he can really do. So. Yeah. So congratulations to Todd Bowles. Um, you know, that's great. I, th- you know what? I thought this scenario was actually going to happen in New England with Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels. Obviously, that's not going to happen now. But um, mm-hmm. that, that was one of those things that I thought was going to happen because I thought it was weird that McDaniels still hadn't left for a head coaching job, even though every offseason his name was involved. Yeah. Um, but uh, now we know he was just waiting for a right opportunity. And so far, I just want to say it looks pretty good so far. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> um, one more thing. I did see a, a story about Antonio Brown that I literally sent you like two minutes before we, we started this podcast. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> where he was saying, you know, how come all these other receivers, basically, how come all these receivers are getting paid and I'm not? Uh-huh. I'm, I'm still at the top of my game. Oh, I can't wait to answer this. And um, And I think the right answer... I guess the right political answer would be just look at what you've done. Like (laughs) what is wrong? Seriously, man. Like, are you seriously this oblivious to what you have done over your career? Right. (laughs) Are are you kidding me? I thought that was so funny. And then he was like, how come everyone's getting paid? And I was like, I also want to bring up that the Las Vegas Raiders also wanted to pay you. They did pay you and and you never went through with it. So let's, you know, you were paid. You just kind of messed that up. So let's let's be honest here. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think, Cody? Well, okay. So I will try to dissect this as quickly as possible because I'm chomping at the bit for this now. So first off to answer his question, why is he not getting paid like these other guys? First off, they're on the field. He's not. Um, he's also not ran out on a team in the middle of a game. He's also not uh, released recordings of his head coach. Um, and truthfully, too, with Antonio Brown, if you want to know why Antonio Brown isn't getting paid, maybe you should ask Antonio Brown why you're not getting paid. I, I think he, I think you'll uh, solve that, you know, that problem. But. I also do want to say if anyone has the opportunity to watch the new uh, podcast that Ryan Clark is on called the pivot. It's very good. By the way, I've seen a couple episodes and it's, it's phenomenal. Uh, AB was actually on it, which I watched the whole thing and it was very interesting. Um, I would say AB is a different 
type of receiver that we've never seen before personality wise. Uh, we thought T.O. was, you know, larger than life. A.B. kind of eclipses that. And I don't know in a positive way. And in my opinion, I think it's because, you know, A.B. is very productive, but he's also not everyone's cup of tea. I mean, his personality was very loud in this interview. Sometimes you were confused on what he was talking about. And I get it. Like, that's him and that's who you get on your team. But that could be a reason why. And I'm not saying to change who you are to get on a team, but I'm just saying, you know, you have to kind of take everything into 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 account, you know, like maybe it's how you are around your teammates, your coaches, around personnel. Uh, maybe it's the fact that you aren't reliable. I can't trust you. Teammates can't trust you because you may burn them, you know, and I just think that that's his problem. And he's never on the field because he's got some sort of issue whether it's an injury, which apparently now he doesn't want to get it fixed until a team signs him, which that's not going to happen, or, um, or you know, it's some sort of legal issue off the field that has prevented him because again, AB is you know is is larger than life, and unfortunately, his life has become probably more than what he can handle. But I mean, there's just so much to dissect here. But I mean. Look no further than to answer that himself by just saying, I'm the problem. Maybe some self-reflection would really do this guy some good. But, I mean, is he a great talent? 100%. But I think what's being wasted about it is his attitude towards everything where, yes, you have earned a lot. But, I mean, look at T.O. towards the latter part of his career. He wasn't getting huge contracts because of what he did all those years before. He was getting them because he was still producing on the field. And then when teams weren't signing him is because they didn't think he can produce on the field. I mean, it's a business. He knows that almost better than everybody. And it's all about what you do. If they can't trust you to be on the field, why would they pay you? You know, anyways, yeah. that's, that's my synopsis of what you sent me. Cause I saw it earlier this morning and I've had all day to fester on that. So <laughs> I will, I will say, uh, I'm or actually, I'm going to push back on what you said just a little bit. Uh -huh. Um, Antonio Brown, if you were listening, which we know you are, um, <laughs> Yes, absolutely, 100% change who you are for a team. I'm sorry. I, I know that's cruel, and yeah. in this day and age, you're not supposed to say that, but no, you need to. Like, you need to change who you are because it's you're not going to be on a team if you don't. Just yeah. saying. I mean, that, was, that was cruel, and I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry. Anyway. Yeah, no, I, I hear you, Coach. <laughs> All right, Cody, so let's get started with a, uh, a really good story that um, – that I heard, actually, my wife brought it up to me. Uh, one day, we had put our children down to sleep. And as married couples do, um, we lay down and, you know, search Twitter, TikTok, whatever it may be. <laughs> and so we're on there. And uh, my wife brings up that uh, the Dodgers re-signed Andrew Tolles. And if, um, if you don't remember uh, who Andrew Tolles was, um, he was a really young uh, baseball player that came up in the Dodgers organization organization kind of had a rough start. Uh, he was drafted in the third round by the Tampa Bay Rays and in, in 2013 and, um, was let go in 2015. And I'll kind of explain why he was let go in a, in a little while. Um, but at the time he was kind of working at home, kind of waiting for his opportunity, gets a phone call from the Dodgers. The Dodgers say, Hey, why don't you come play with us? Um, they had him in the, um, I believe it was like the training. It's basically like a training league where they kind of see if, you know, which, um, which a ball you're going to go to, or if they're just going to release you or, you know, whatever it may be. Well, he was doing so well, they put him in triple a, and then 
later on in the uh, very next year that he was signed, he was called up to, uh, to the Dodgers and was a phenomenal player. He was a guy who hit for average. Um, he's got three years of MLB service from 2016 to 2018. Uh, he has a career batting average of 286. Uh, eight home runs, 35 RBIs, so not high numbers there. Two stolen bases. We had a fielding percentage of uh, 95, or .955, which is basically 95% or if you're rounding up, 96%, um, and in only 96 games. So basically he had one-year stats, but in three, three years. Um, but he was a guy who was going to be very promising because – just the year that he stopped playing in 2018, the year after he was actually supposed to be like the starting center fielder for the Dodgers. They had just let go of Matt Kemp. Um, I'm blinking on the other player that they had let go, but I'll, I'll bring it up in a second. But uh, really, really cool, uh, really cool story for um, Andrew Tolles. Um, but all of a sudden he just ended up stopping um you know, stop playing. And for the longest time, a lot of people didn't know why, didn't know what was going on. And, um, so actually my wife brought me this story and, um, I'm going to kind of go through the cliff notes here, Cody. So kind of bear with me here. So Mm -hmm. sorry about this in advance, but, um, so Andrew Tolls, uh, was arrested in 2020 and he was caught basically, um, wandering around in a, um, or behind a FedEx express like building, um, basically like not knowing where he is, you know, just kind of pacing back and forth. Like this guy obviously was, uh, messed up. And so they arrested him, they booked him, finally called his family. And, um, in this, in this story on uh, USA today, which was, if you don't get a chance, if you haven't ever heard about Andrew Tolls or anything like that, um, I, I encourage you to read this story. It's USA Today. It's a story from 2020. It's by uh, Bob Nightingale. Um, he basically goes over everything that I'm about to go over. So, uh, But basically, his sister um, got this phone call and said basically they didn't know if he was alive or dead until they got that phone call that he was arrested. Um, they hadn't seen him in like years, about a year and a half to be exact. Hmm. Um, he was in and out of 20 mental health facilities since 2019. He would basically stay a week, maybe if that (laughs) at these facilities and he would dip before anyone knew. Um, after he was arrested in 2020, some, anonymous person actually posted his bail, which was actually only like $500 um, and basically sent him out on the, on the streets again. Uh, The family wanted him to stay in jail so he could get clean. So he would have at least a six week span of him not doing whatever is happening to him, whatever drug he's doing or anything. They didn't know what, what was going on. Um, He had even spent a month (laughs) in jail in Hong Kong. So wow. he took some of the money that he had, flew over to Hong Kong, uh, got in trouble, and, and spent a whole month in jail. And no one knew. <laughs> no one knew that he was there. Um, Tolls, like I said, he was drafted by the Rays in 2013. Uh, 
And he was actually released two years later in 2015 for erratic behavior and even threatening people. And so they had to let him go. Which is just awful, man. Because if you hear the stories, and, and I, like I said, I encourage you to read more about Andrew Tolls because um, later on in this story, uh, one of his teammates uh, on the Dodgers, Justin Turner, he actually even offered to pay his medical bills. Dave Roberts keeps in touch with him. Andrew Friedman, the GM for the Dodgers, he keeps in touch with him as much as he can. Um, so, it's, I mean, it, his teammates just rave about this guy. They just rave about this guy. So it's just so out of character for him to, um, like, threaten someone. Mm -hmm. Or um, just have this erratic behavior. Uh, But after he was let go in 2015, he went back home to Atlanta where he actually worked at a grocery store for a while um, while he was waiting to play ball. And uh, here's a little Giants tie-in. Gabe Kapler, who at the time was the director of player development for the Dodgers, uh, emailed Andrew Tolles and said, hey, why don't you come over and try out basically for the Dodgers? And so he packed his bags and and went off and tried out for the Dodgers. They loved him. And on July 8th, uh, 2016, Andrew Tolles made his MLB debut where he actually, his first at bat, he doubled. And I actually remember that because I remember I was watching it. So (laughs) really cool stuff. Um, But in May of 2017, he tore his ACL, uh, actually trying to save a Julio Arias uh, no-hitter. And it was, I mean... Almost as bad as when uh, Buster Posey snapped his leg where Giants fans were like, oh, crap. That was kind of oh, wow. the impact of, of Andrew Tolles tearing his ACL at that time. Um, he, Like I said, he was this huge up-and-coming guy. Um, and he was actually recovering even basically the whole 2018 year as well. So mm-hmm. all of 2017 and pretty much all of 2018, except for like 17 games in the minors. Um, after 2018 season, um, they had, like I had said, they um, basically got rid of um, Matt Kemp and Yasiel Puig. That was the other guy. Oh. So they mm-hmm. had gotten rid of Puig and Kemp. And um, Andrew Tolles was... He was going to be the guy. He was the one who was going to be in center field for now on. Um, Probably play a little right field as well, as, Mm -hmm. you know, everyone in in outfield does now. Um, And he actually told the Dodgers before spring training, he said, hey, I'm going to go on a trip um, when I come back, and and I'll be back in a few days. The Dodgers said, cool, just let us know. And he never returned. And so no one could get a hold of him. They called him. Family couldn't get a hold of him. Finally, um, basically, and they finally found him and the family actually placed him in a mental health facility in mid-January. So um, that was kind of the last bit of what the Dodgers had heard of for a little while, um, that he was just getting help. And he left that facility in less than two weeks. Wow. So the Dodgers received a phone call about Andrew Tolles uh, being arrested in Phoenix after he crashed his car and he was basically wandering the streets, uh, not knowing where he's going, uh, didn't mm-hmm. know where he was, uh, had no idea, and obviously was in an accident, so he was very woozy. Um, so they actually arrested him, but then they sent him to the hospital 
And um, his mom called the Dodgers organization and said, hey, listen, we need help. We don't know what to do. We need your help. Uh, so the Dodgers answered the call. Uh, the Dodgers medical director, so Ron Porterfield, um, went and visited him. And Toll said he didn't know how he got to got from L.A. to Phoenix, had no idea how he got there. Um, he didn't even know where his apartment was when uh, Porterfield asked him, hey, I'm, I, you know, let me take you home. Let me drive you home. And he goes, I don't know where it is. I have no idea where that is. So they knew that they were in for it. They knew that this was um, not normal. Um, and so they wanted to get him the help that they needed to get him. And they did. Um, Tolls actually got a court-mandated health treatment where he was actually officially diagnosed with uh, bipolar disorder and schizophrenia, which is <laughs> absolutely just crazy mm-hmm. um, that that ended up being the diagnosis. Um, you know, the Dodgers obviously kept it quiet for a long time, wanting him to just focus on getting better, not wanting him to focus on anything else. Uh, you know, as I said, the uh, Porterfield um, visited tolls every day. He took him to most of his appointments. Uh, they actually set him up with housing in the Phoenix area. Um he, he actually even took tolls to therapist sessions, uh, grocery stores, workouts, uh, and even church. He took them everywhere. Um, but tolls, unfortunately, um, wouldn't cooperate because he really physically couldn't cooperate. Mm-hmm. Um, this mental health issue that he had is just, it, over, it consumed him. And uh, so he ended up um, walking out, leaving. And is still running, even at, at uh, well, right now he's kind of in a controlled uh, area. But at the time that this was written, he was still on the run, um, which is just absolutely devastating that this mm-hmm. guy is going through that. And Porterfield does believe that he probably stopped taking his meds at some point and just didn't want to do what he was told anymore. And and uh, they were trying to help him, but you can't really give a guy help who doesn't want help. You know, it's mm-hmm. just, it's almost impossible. And unfortunately, the Dodgers were trying to do everything they can. Um, as my wife had told me, she was reading a story where um, they did finally find out where he was and they brought him home, the family. And basically, the dad is, is essentially his caregiver. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they do they do everything for him, but they they have him living in a house next to them. Uh, not necessarily in their house. So mm-hmm. uh, kind of give them a little bit of freedom. Um, and uh, that's essentially why the story came out that the Dodgers re-signing Andrew Tolls to another year. Um, that way he could have his medical treatment and, um, you know, continue to get better with his mental health. And his family is quoted that they really don't, they really could care less if he plays baseball or not. Mm-hmm. It's really, they just want their brother back. And um, yeah, I thought this this was an amazing, amazing story. Cody, I just believe that this is a story that needs to be out there. Uh, More teams need to be doing this. Um, This is a step in the right direction. Um, This isn't about, you know, what team, what team did this? Like, it it doesn't matter. It's, It's awesome that there was an organization, NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, whatever it is, 
it's awesome that there's an organization out there realizing mental health is a real thing and we need to get it corrected because if you're not right in the head, not necessarily saying like if you're crazy or something, but if mm-hmm. you're just don't feel right, you need to get it fixed because you would do the same thing. If your ankle didn't feel right and you were going to go out and play baseball, you'd probably be like, mm, maybe I won't, <laughs> you know, right. I, don't, I don't really want to, I don't want to hurt it anymore. And this is to me, that's the same thing. Um, you need to get your mind right. You need to be ready to play at every time you, your mind doesn't need to be elsewhere. Um, yeah. And this is this is awesome. I'm I'm so glad that there there's an organization out there that's doing this, and I hope more organizations do this um, because I do think it is something that they could have easily just said, "We're not going to re-sign him." Obviously, he's got issues. It's not our problem. But they really like this guy. Mm-hmm. They wanted him to see. They don't want to see a human being, one person. They didn't want to see this one person completely destroy themselves. And so what do they do? They offer, hey, we're going to keep giving giving the family and you money so that way you can go get the help that you need. Um, and, I mean, it's it, it's applaud-worthy. I mean, it, it absolutely needs to be applauded more, and it should be a bigger story because this is absolutely awesome. This is a step in the right direction. MLB doesn't do much right. Yeah. <laughs> Most of the owners don't, but this was spot on yeah i mean just hearing that story it's incredible first off just couldn't can't fathom the trauma that he's probably gone through just in the two years or four years uh, from you know 2018 when basically he started his you know basically running away so to speak and yeah and then all the way up to 2020, when that article was written, he was still going through a lot. Now it sounds like, you know, he's at least receiving treatment and the Dodgers are willing to still help him in that respect just because they care about him as a person, which is yeah. really great. I mean, this kind of also speaks to where we've come. I mean, 2013 to 15 was, you know, eight years ago or yeah. nine years ago now, very long time ago. And can you, I mean, yeah, just the leaps and bounds we've made regarding mental health and how serious it is and world-class athletes from all across the sporting world that have finally come forward about whatever they're battling. DeMar DeRozan is one that comes to mind. Kevin Love just, you know, in the NBA alone, not to mention in the, in the majors that have come forth. And, you know, this is all recently and, you know, nearly 10 years ago, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't something that people talked about. And, you know, I, I, I wish that we were more ahead of this because maybe with earlier treatment, it wouldn't have gotten this bad and maybe he would have had a more promising career, but things happen for a reason. The Dodgers found him for a reason, which is why that they took it upon themselves to still take care of him in this manner. Um, And hopefully, you know, one day he will be okay to where they, you know, he's ready to go out there and, you know, yeah, he's essentially being taken care of, um, because of his condition, but, you know, hopefully with, you know, treatment medicine and how it's advancing, hopefully he'll continue to improve. But I mean, as giants fans, we don't want to root for the Dodgers very much, but this is something to keep rooting for. And I, I think that this is something that the sporting world needs to take notice of and be willing to do more often. So, yeah. Cody, if you can put up that reel again, the the pictures of Andrew Tolls and I'm sorry if you're listening on the podcast. This first one right here, 
where you can see that's his mug shot versus his shot of being in the MLB. Mm-hmm. You can you can take it down now. Um, that's if you look at those pictures and if you're listening on podcasts, I encourage you to go look at a picture real quick. Just it's a quick Google search. All you have to type in is Andrew Tolls. It'll be one of the first pictures that pops up. Um, you would have never guessed that the guy's a freaking millionaire. You would have never guessed. You would have never guessed that that guy is going through something unless you see those pictures side to side. Mm-hmm. Like you see those pictures side to side and you're like, geez, what happened? And it's literally only in a, like a year and a half. And it went from this guy was going to be the starter center fielder for the Dodgers to now, is he alive? Like his family literally didn't know yeah. if he was alive or dead. Um, and it's absolutely insane that, you know, the story where he, the, the Dodger um, medical director goes up to him and he's like, Hey man. And he remembered him, but he didn't know how he, he was like, I don't know how I got here. I have no idea. I was in LA. That's the last thing I remember. You're like, Holy crap. That's not like yeah, driving home. You know, after a long day where you're like, oh, crap, I didn't even remember how I got here. It's more like that was an those are hour drives. Yes. Hours. And. um, And then him not knowing where he freaking lives. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's just. I mean, kudos, kudos to uh, and I and I, I do wish the Toll family the best. I mean the the um emotional toll that that's got to take on a mm-hmm. family it, i can't even fathom it like that is brutal yeah. this guy was this guy was going to be like so successful and you see him go from fall from grace basically and right. you're just trying to pick up the pieces man that's just i hope he gets better um, I honestly, it, it's not about baseball. I don't care if he plays baseball or not. I hope that he just gets better and he gets to live a normal life like he wanted to. Yeah, agreed. And hopefully, it's more normalized to talk about it, to seek treatment, and not feel ashamed of it. Because as you mentioned, yes. like at like at anything you go to the doctor for, whether it's an injury, something's not right, get it checked out so that way you're, you know, back to health. Mental health needs to be treated the exact same way and. And yeah. taken more seriously because, you know, he's not just erratic or mood swings or or odd behavior. You know, there's a reason for that. And, you know, hopefully us as a society can can learn more about that, too, to help others. So. Yeah. All right, Cody. Um, so let's go into our, our, our next couple of uh, questions here and then we'll take a break. Um, you had uh your nl mvp favorites so why don't you kind of recap what you had talked about last week on who your nl uh mvp favorites were for this year in baseball you got it all right so in the nl i had uh nolan arenado from the cardinals as one of my mvp candidates uh in the nl i i believe that his defense and his bat would be the reason why i i thought the cardinals could make a potential wild card run i think that you know, his experience in Colorado and what he's done so far is just something that he can help carry a team to the playoffs and make a huge difference. Uh, my next uh, candidate was Juan Soto of the Nationals. I mean, do I need to say more other than Juan Soto? That guy is basically just a walking triple crown. 
So, I mean, he makes his team better. And, you know, if they advance in the playoffs, like I mentioned last week, it'll be because of him for sure. Uh, now, will they get there? Probably not. But he could be very, very much the reason why they are successful. Uh, and then my third and final one was, um, oh, man, I'm blanking on who the third guy was. So it Tatis. was Tatis, Fernando Tatis. Tatis. And even though he's starting off injured, um, you know, I think when he comes back, he's obviously clearly going to make the Padres better. Uh, and, you know, he's just so electric and fun to watch on, on, on the field. And yes, he's within our division, but you know, you can't ignore somebody that makes baseball fun. So, and I think, uh, Tatis would definitely be a candidate when he comes back in my opinion. So those are my three. I'm going to call you crazy on the Fernando Tatis one. Um, he's missing the first three months. He's not going to win MVP. It doesn't matter what he does unless he crushes like 35 home runs in the last, what, three months that he's going to be able to play. So I'm just saying, i got to push back on that. Okay, but let me ask you this, though. Let's say that the Padres are basically middle-of-the-pack team within the division, okay, Mm -hmm. in the division, middle-of-the-pack. I think they're well enough to get to that point at least. And Tatis comes back, and he elevates them to playoff stature. Does does that not deserve NL MVP like candidacy? And I'm not no. saying, again, he's not going to hit the most home runs or whatever, but you don't think him elevating a team with him coming back would be enough? No, he'll be talked about, but he's not going to be he's not going to get an MVP vote because he missed the first three months. It's like it's like what we're having the conversation with the NBA MVP. Mm-hmm. Kevin Durant would easily probably be in that conversation, but because of so much time that he has missed this year, he's not mm-hmm. going to win it. He's not even going to get votes for it. Because of all the time that he missed. It's not about what he's doing. I mean, he's phenomenal. He's still scoring at will. And the Nets are going to get into the playoffs. They're a little bit better with him, obviously. Mm -hmm. But it's the same thing. It doesn't matter. You miss the first three months. There's no way you're going to win MVP. Unless you're absolutely like crushing 40 home runs within three months. Then you might get some votes. But he's not going to do that. Because he's going to get injured again. I guarantee it. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I just, right. had to, I just had to, I had to, I had to disagree with you, but I do right. agree with you on Juan Soto. Um, so for me, Juan Soto is my number one. Um, I think he's going to be the favorite. Um, not only because I think he's this fantastic player that uh, that he is, but also this guy was injured uh, throughout the year last year. He still ended up with twenty nine home runs. Now. Did he miss three months? No, he didn't. <laughs> but he did. He did miss a lot of time. Um, I, I think he was just on like the IL 10 for like 30 days or something. <laughs> so <laughs> it seemed I, I had him last year uh, in fantasy baseball. It just seemed forever. Um, but when he came back, I mean, this guy, his career numbers, Juan Soto is hitting 301 in his career. He's got 98 home runs, so he's going to hit his 100th home run this year. I don't think that's a question unless he gets injured like in the beginning of the year and he's out for the year. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got 312 RBIs, 32 stolen bases, and an on-base percentage. This is huge, of 432. This guy not only doesn't strike out a ton, he walks, he hits for average, and he's got a lot of pop. Um 
at first when the Nationals decided that they were going to get rid of Bryce Harper, I thought that that was insanity. I didn't think that Juan Soto was going to be this guy. I will be the first one to say his rookie year, I was off on Juan Soto. I was like, dude, this guy is not going to do what Bryce Harper is. No, Mm -hmm. no. And then he started playing. And then you kind of see, you're like, okay, maybe he is pretty good. And then he was actually the guy who was hitting and it wasn't Bryce Harper. Then they got rid of Bryce Harper. And I was like, okay, well now we're going to see Juan Soto kind of tail back a little bit. Nope. We saw him move up even more. And when a guy does that, that's special. That is hard to do. Not only because you're a guy who you're still a young guy and you're still learning the game, but because you had to back up this superstar. This guy was like the face of the MLB at one point. He leaves, and now it's on you to run this team. People are still watching this team because they remember the other guy. And Mm -hmm. you have to step into the plate. And not only did he do that, but he kind of flourished in that. This guy is special. And I love the story. I think this is awesome. National fans will disagree, but I I think this is awesome. This guy rejected the Washington National 13-year extension contract extension he said no nope Mm -hmm. not gonna do that and i think it's because he wants to bet on himself i think he kind of wants out of washington to be honest Mm -hmm. so um that's something that you know probably we should we should uh be checking on up on um for a few years now but (laughs) i think it's phenomenal that this guy is like i know how good i am I don't need a 13 year contract. I'm going to, I I'm going to decide where I want to go when it's time. I think that's phenomenal. The kid, he's a young guy. I mean, he's, I don't even know how old he is. I think he's like 22. I don't even think he's that old. He's just, he is so mature above um, what you would think he would be at Mm -hmm. his age. So I, I love Juan Soto. I think this guy is going to be, Filthy, filthy good. Um, mm-hmm. it, I, it doesn't matter what ballpark he is in. He is a guy who could hit a home run literally anywhere. So uh, Juan Soto is definitely my number one guy. Um, so my number two, this one was hard. Um, I really wanted to pick a few people. I thought about Freddie Freeman. I, I don't know. I saw a little bit of regression last year. Um, and I think that regression is still going to continue, but it's going to be overshadowed by this freaking Dodgers lineup. I hate, um, I kind of wanted to say Trey Turner, another Dodger, but, um, he gets injured a lot. And so he doesn't see the field as much. Now he was pretty healthy last year, but I'm not going to bet on him being, uh, being healthy, um, and one other guy, I actually wanted to say Manny Machado because with Tatis's injury, I really liked Machado. Um, but I feel like he's kind of been more content with just getting his numbers versus actually helping the team. And I think that hurts him in MVP uh, consideration. So my number two guy, I'm going to give it to a to an actual Dodger, Mookie Betts. I if you if you listen to me over the years. Mookie Betts is one of my favorite players. I hate that he's a Dodger. I hate it. I freaking hate it. Hate it, hate it, hate it. Anyway, um, I love Mookie Betts, though. His game is, he's so good. Now, he has struggled with injuries the last couple of years. So 
He's going to have to stay healthy. I think he is capable of it. He's proven it in years past. So he is older. I'm sure the Dodgers are going to rest him a little bit. But for the most part, Mookie Betts to me is a guy who could always be in the MVP race. Um, He's got a career batting average of 296. He's got 178 home runs. So basically, he hits 22 home runs this year. He'll actually uh, be in the 200 club. Um, He has 567 RBIs, 146 stolen bases. So we're talking about this guy is a little bit older, but he's still stealing bases in in a day and age where no one steals bases anymore. Um, and then he's got an on-base percentage of 373, which is still really good, especially with uh, with how many years he has been in the league. So Mookie Betts, to me, is a guy who we have to watch. But I will say this. We have to keep in mind he has to stay healthy. And I think, like I said, I think he can. But, you know, the last couple of years he has struggled with that. So we do have to bring that up. So my number three guy, a guy that I love, I mean, almost every single year, I think he's completely underrated, is Matt Olson. Now, if you don't know who Matt Olson was, he came from the Oakland A's. He was just signed with the Atlanta Braves, signed a huge contract. Matt Olson is a guy who has gotten better and better each and every year. He's a big power hitter. And then he started hitting a little bit more for batting average. And last year, he had some phenomenal numbers. He is a guy to me that is completely under the radar and needs to be talked more about just basically like what he can do. Because Matt Olson, he is a career hitter of 252. He is a he's he has 142 home runs in his career. 373 RBIs. He has seven stolen bases. He's actually pretty. I don't want to. I don't want to say spry because that makes me sound old. But I guess he's kind of <laughs> spry. He's he's a little he's a little faster. He's got sneaky speed that you wouldn't that you wouldn't guess. Um, and then he's got an on base percentage which I would like to see a little bit more of. But because he is a power hitter, he's a guy who strikes out more. He's a uh, on base percentage of three forty eight. So. Matt Olson is now in his prime, though. Like, he he was kind of struggling in, in Oakland because he wasn't getting the recognition that he absolutely deserved. This kid is 20... I say kid, but he's only like three years younger than me. He's 28 <laughs> years old. Um, let's see. His, his uh, stats last year... I'm trying to get up here. So sorry about this. This is really awful. Okay, well, it's not coming up, so we're going to forget that. <laughs> anyway, he is he's one of my favorite players. Um, oh, he hit 271 last year. So he definitely hit over what he normally does. And now being in this Braves lineup, they basically swapped two first basemen, and they got younger and still got like the same first baseman. Hmm. This is a left-handed first baseman. Um, this is a guy who is now younger. He's, I think he has way more power than Freeman. Now, Freeman was more of a guy who could hit for average a little bit better than Olsen, so you kind of drop that, that back. But you have essentially the same team. Ronald Acuna is coming back. You have Ozzy Albies, who um, had a really great year last year. So, And another thing that I love about Matt Olsen, last year, 156 games played. Mm-hmm. That means he missed six games all of last year. 
crushed 38 home runs. This guy is one of my favorite ball players to watch. I love watching him. I hate that Oakland is completely just dying on their team, <laughs> but um, I, I love Matt Olson, and I think he's going to be a real sneaky favorite in the NL MVP. All right, so I'm going to switch to AL MVP, Cody. What, what? Why don't you start with your AL MVPs? All right, so last week, uh, my AL MVP, again, in no particular order, was uh, Vlad Guerrero Jr., uh, Otani, and Devers from Boston. Excuse me. Ah, Rafael Devers. Mm-hmm. Or, as I like to call him, my, uh, my brother-in-law. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Looks just like him, actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that joke only works for you and me, but that's okay. I'll still say it. <laughs> um, yeah, Rafael Devers is my brother-in-law. Anyway, um, so I like that list. I like Devers. I actually had him last year in fantasy baseball. He was one of my best players, especially when Soto went out. He was. Yeah. He picked up my slack, which was really nice. But anyway, um, I'm actually going to go with Mike Trout. Uh, Mike Trout was going to be my number one guy. And, and the reason I say that is he was injured all of last year. Mm-hmm. And he I remember. Could have, yes. Yes. <laughs> I remember too. I, I, I traded for him because I thought he was coming back. He never came back, which he could have. And mm-hmm. that was kind of the thing that I realized was Mike Trout, they were saving him for this year. And the, the Angels went after a few different guys. They got a guy like Noah Syndergaard who – you know, if he can stay healthy and, and can do what he normally has been able to do, um, he is a guy who can uh, really help that Angels club. Now, this Angels club has a really good batting lineup. Their pitching, on the other hand, is a little lackluster. So that's what's going to have to get better for them. But all in all, I love Mike Trout. I think he's going to be completely healthy this year. I know that's wishful thinking <laughs> in a yeah. sense, but. I really do. I think I think with Otani, the way he's playing, I think Mike Trout may not have to do as much as they normally ask him to do. Um, I think he's going to benefit from Otani. And, and so Mike Trout, for me, is going to be that guy. I mean, he's got career numbers, obviously. He's a 305 career hitter. He's got 310 home runs, 816 RBIs. God, that's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> 203 stolen bases and an on-base percentage, a career on-base percentage of 419. This guy has been in the league since 2011. That's insane, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like to have that kind of on-base percentage. This guy that rarely strikes out, um, you know, he he walks, he gets his hits. He's a phenomenal player and I think he's going to be healthy and I think he's easily an MVP candidate. Um, but his teammate, number two for me, is going to be Shohei Otani. I I was very skeptical. I wanted Otani on the Giants, but he doesn't really fit what the Giants were doing at the time. Now everyone has a universal DH, so now he would be you know an absolute fit. So we missed out on that one. Anyway, um, Shohei Otani, <laughs> he struggled coming into the league. The first two years, he had not great numbers he was kind of really i'm just gonna say he was bad especially his pitching he was really bad um Mm -hmm. his hitting was okay he was still hitting home runs but he was hitting under 250 so last year 
he came out and he was just like, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm just going to absolutely kill baseball now. And that's exactly what he did. Shohei Otani last year was a nine game winner. Um, he had a 3.18 ERA, which is ridiculous. Um, he started 23 games. <laughs> um, he only allowed 98 hits. So he was under a hundred, which is, that's good. Um, how many strikeouts did he have? He had 156 strikeouts. And to put that in perspective, the first two years that he did pitch, he only had 66. Wow. Now, a lot of a lot of 2020, he was basically hurt. He didn't really play, and he only played pitched in 10 games in 2018. But <laughs> that's a huge number. That's a huge. That's almost a hundred more strikeouts than he got this year. And that's 90, 90 strikeouts. Um, so his career batting average. I mean, his home runs are no secret. I mean, this guy we knew he could hit home runs, but now he's starting to get that batting average up a little bit. Uh, last year, his batting average went from 2020 was 190. He went mm-hmm. last year to 257. So he's getting it better. He's gradually working it up. Otani's career batting average is 264. He's got 93 home runs. So he hits seven home runs this year, which I'm sure he will. He's going to have over 100 in his career in literally, what, three, four years? That's mm-hmm. that's good. <laughs> it's kind of where you want to be. Uh, he's got 247 RBIs, 55 stolen bases. That doesn't get talked about enough. Otani mm-hmm. is a runner, and he does it well. And he's <laughs> he's a 6'4 running pitcher. Like, it's crazy. <laughs> he's, he's so good. Um, and his career on base percentage right now is 353, which you'd want it to be up a little bit more, but it's not terrible. Um, and then he's got a career ERA of 3.53. He's got 13 career wins, 183.2 point, uh, innings pitched, or 283 uh, and two-third innings pitched. Uh, he's got 222 strikeouts, obviously majority of that last year. Um, he's got a career whip of 1.16, which I love the whip number. I think that is one of the more underrated uh, stats in baseball. I think pictures need to be viewed a lot more on whip than like ERA mm-hmm. um, whip is, is such a good, and I'm not going to go into it all, but it, basically it's what walks and hits that you allow in every inning. Um, and so 1.16 essentially is either one walk or one hit per inning, which you'll live with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then opponent batting average is 208. But one of the things that I thought was really interesting that actually surprised me when I was looking up numbers was his winning percentage as a picture. He mm-hmm. has a career 72, 72% winning percentage. That's actually surprisingly really good, especially if you look at his numbers pitching um, in 2020. He had an ERA of 37.80. Now, he only had two starts, wow. but it was it was really that bad. And I remember because mm-hmm. I had him that year. I was yeah. so pissed. So, um, so, yeah, I mean... Otani is this is this absolute phenomenal of a player, and he's someone that um, I think after winning AL MVP last year, he has to be considered this year. And then my last guy, I'm going to go with Vladimir Guerrero Jr. I actually thought about picking his teammate Bo Bichette because I really like Bichette, 
But Guerrero does have more power. He is a guy who proved that, hey, I can hit for average as well. He hit 311 last year. Um, he's He hits over 260 every single year. His career uh, batting average is 289. He's got 72 home runs. So if he hits 28 home runs, which more than capable of doing, mm-hmm. um, he will be in the 100 home run club as well. Um, he's He hit 48 last year. So he needs 28 to get a hundred and I'm sure he'll get there. Um, 213 RBIs, five stolen bases. He had four stolen bases last year, mm-hmm. which I think surprises a lot of people. He actually isn't as slow as a lot of people think he is. He's actually got sneaky speed, but he's not a guy that you're going to have run all the time, but you can use him in those spots at some point. Mm-hmm. And then he's got an on-base percentage of 367. Again, you'd rather see that a little bit higher, but last year, an on-base percentage of 401, that's really encouraging. So um, Vladimir Guerrero, if he just continues to do what he do, he could potentially, and this Toronto Blue Jay team is stacked. Mm-hmm. Absolutely stacked. Um, but I think um, they have a lot of guys who have a lot of injury history, and that can potentially uh, hurt them. But Guerrero is one of those guys who can play all year. So yeah. um, those are my uh, MVP candidates. Who is the one you think is going to win out of your three? Uh, in the NL, I have Juan Soto. In the AL, I have Mike Trout. Okay, I have Juan Soto in the NL and Otani in the AL, so pretty close. Okay. Yeah, basically, same player in the NL and uh, same team in the AL. So. Great minds think alike, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, Cody, let's take a break, and when we come back, we will finish off with our World Series favorites, and then we'll talk a little Giants baseball real quick. It's about time. All right. All right, Cody. So the, well, you know, this MLB season is upon us, so we're about to get started and nothing like, uh, you know, predicting who's going to go in the world series and completely whiff on it. So, uh, as I, you know, I've picked the Yankees the last three years and that's been a complete dud. So I'm not doing that anymore, uh-huh. <laughs> um, but Cody, who are your world series favorites? Uh, and why? Well, okay, you're not going to like this, but my first one is the Dodgers. I hate to say it, but with the addition of Freddie Freeman and their pitching, obviously you just talked about a potential NL MVP in Mookie Betts. I mean, they they have a pretty stacked team, and them going back to the World Series is highly probable. Um, They did lose to the last year's World Series champion, the Braves, but in my opinion, I think the Dodgers reloaded and got stronger. And it, they are going to be a very hard team to be in a seven-game series. So I have them moving on and representing the NL in the World Series. And um, I'm probably gonna, going to regret this. Uh, this um, this prediction, but I'm going to say that it's the New York Yankees will actually represent the AL. <laughs> uh, don't do it. Don't do it, man. I, I have to. <laughs> well, okay. So I like. I like the Astros. I think the Astros are a consistent team that usually find a way to get there. They may not be the prettiest team throughout the regular season. They win tough games. They've got veteran pitching. They've got really good hitters most of the time. They did lose Correa this offseason, mm-hmm. so that probably will make a big impact on their team. But I like the Yankees. They have power. They're now trying to work on getting that uh, hitting down to get the ball into play. They got also pitching that's kind of coming back. They do have Cole. They're getting Severino. They still have uh, Chapman. So 
their starting rotation is improved and now they're health they're getting healthy and then they also have you know still a dominant closer and their bullpen is still pretty deep so it's hard to say you know and the Yankees have crazy good hitters Aaron Judge there Fresno State shout out um you know and they do have um oh god what was this I think it's um Joey uh, Joey Gallo Joey Gallo, who's a power hitter as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they have, um, I'm blanking on his name. It's Josh. God, he was. Well, I know there. Anthony Rizzo. Well, Anthony Rizzo is there too. Josh and Donaldson. Josh Donaldson. So they retooled. And I think that in that New York market, it's going to be very, very much entertaining baseball again. So I, I see the Yankees being the AL representatives. I don't want to like, I don't want to like that prediction, but it's what <laughs> I have to go with just because. They they've now retooled, in my opinion, to where they're a huge threat and you can't ignore them now. And, you know, I know that you predicted them for years, so I guess it's my turn to do so. So here it is. So you, you can have them. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, it, my NL pick is going to be the Los Angeles Dodgers. Exactly what you said. They, they retooled. They got better. Um, I think the only downside is Cody Bellinger looks like he's gotten even worse uh, in spring training. There was at one point he went his his first 19 at bats. He went 0 for 19 um, with 14 of those being strikeouts. It wasn't pretty, mm-hmm. um, you know, which we'll see what happens with him. I mean, uh, maybe he just needs a stint in AAA to kind of regroup, get better. But exactly what you said. I mean, they're still better. It doesn't matter yeah. if, if, if he's out because Muncy's still there who, who crushes balls. Uh, Trey Turner, like I said, if he can stay healthy, he could be potentially an MVP candidate. Mookie Betts, who I predicted will be in the MVP talks. Um, I love Betts, and he's just a phenomenal player. If he can stay healthy, that's another guy. Freddie Freeman, I said I think he'll regress, but with that Dodger lineup, how much is he going to really regress? I don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, They re-signed Kershaw. Although Kershaw is not what he once was, he still is – uh, one of the better pictures in the base in Major League Baseball. Mm-hmm. Um, Walker Bueller is, you know, absolutely filthy. Julio Rios is like in his prime right now. He is pitching really well. So this Dodger team is is stacked, and I hate to say it, um, as much as I would love to see the Giants, you know, uh, battle them for the NL West title again, I don't think that's going to be the case this year. Um, I think the Giants. I don't think they necessarily took a step back, but I think they will. I don't think they're going to win 107 games again. Yeah. Um, but I, th- I think they can win some, but I think the Dodgers, they're looking pretty good. Um, and they got rid of Kenley Jansen, and I actually think that's a good thing because Blake Trinan was probably their one of their most consistent bullpen uh, pictures, and now he's primarily going to be the closer for them. So, mm-hmm. um, And then I think they get... Uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, can Canel? Can't, can't, what's his don't name? Yeah, I don't know. I forget his name, but um, they get him back. Who's a who's a bullpen picture? So they have um, they have a lot of pictures, hitters. I mean, Gavin Lux 
the guy should be starting on every single MLB team except for the Dodgers. And he just so happens to be playing on the Dodgers. And they he normally plays second base, but he's going to probably play second base, shortstop, outfield, probably some first base, maybe third base every now and then. I mean, he, they're going to be moving him everywhere. So mm-hmm. this Dodger team is stacked, and, and this is probably the team to beat in the NL. And then for me, in the AL, as much as I want to say the Toronto Blue Jays, I just think they have a lot of guys who get hurt. Hing uh, Jin Ryu, who was just signed from the Dodgers last year, he struggled with injuries a ton last year. Um, then he struggled. or um, Then Kevin Gosman, who before he was with the Giants, struggled with injuries. He was on the Giants. He was phenomenal kind of got a little bit hurt in the year and then came back and wasn't the same. So we'll see how he does. Uh, Like we had talked about Vladimir Guerrero, Bo Bichette, they have, they have a flurry of players, but we'll see how that mixes for me though. It's the Boston Red Sox. I think this Red Sox team is completely underrated. The only thing that does scare me about the Red Sox is their pitching. Their starting rotation is solid, but it's not great. You know, Nathan Eovaldi is probably going to be their um, their opening day starter. And when you talk about opening day starters, you don't think of Nathan Eovaldi. You think that that's going to be your number two or number three picture. Um, and that's not the case. So we'll see how that how it works out for them. But I think they have solid pitching, starting rotation. Uh, their, their bullpen is what they're going to have to fix in the middle of the year. Um, but when you talk about their lineup, Xander Bogarts, the guy hits 300, it seems like, every single year. Christian Vasquez, I think, is an underrated catcher in the league. He is a guy who you have to worry about, and he's great behind the plate. Um, you talk about um, J.D. Martinez. He had a resurgence year last year, which was really nice to see. I know I'm – oh, Trevor Story, they just signed. I mean, mm-hmm. Trevor Story – he's going to have a a really good year in in Boston, I I believe. So this is a really good team. This is going to be a scary team. I know I'm forgetting a bunch of Red Sox players, but um, this is is going to be a team that you have to watch out for. And I think this is a team that may not, you know, wow you with wins and losses. You're not going to be like, holy cow, they have like, you know, 100 wins. They're probably going to be around, you know, 85, 90 wins in my opinion. But um, this is going to be a team that in postseason, they are going. This is a consistent lineup. This is a consistent rotation, starting rotation, and uh, the bullpen, like I said, is going to have to kind of beef up a little bit. But this is going to be a scary team in the postseason, and they are going to make it. Believe me. Well then, <laughs> all right, Cody. So I wanted to talk about some Giants players before, mm-hmm. obviously, before we go. Um, San Francisco Giants MVP this year, in your opinion, who do you have and why? Well, I mean, I could go in the pitching route. I could go with one of our young hitters, but I think I'm going to go with a player that obviously has spent his entire career with us, and he had a breakout year last year, and uh, I think he will be the MVP for our team as he normally is. But I think in a in a in a progressive way in this one. And that's Brandon Crawford. His, his offense was amazing last year. He got better as the season went on, especially in September. He hit, uh, I think like three fifty. I think in all of the month of September. And I think in 
I think it was July or August, he hit 450 that entire month as well. So he t- he hit, made a big step forward when it came to hitting. He had a career high in home runs. He had a career high in total bases hit. I think he had a career high in um, stolen bases as well. Um, he just couldn't have been any better for us. And his defense obviously is impeccable. So him on the field, him in our lineup is what makes the Giants phenomenal, in my opinion. So in my in my book, he's going to be our MVP for the season just because we're going to need a guy that gets on base. We're going to need a guy that does uh, communicates really well with our defense, especially guys that, you know, he's a magician basically at shortstop where he can turn double plays really quickly. His glove's electric. So those things right there, it, when he's off the field, the Giants are a different team in a, in a not-so-great way. But when he's on the field, they're just – they're they they're the giants for a reason and he was rightfully paid last season and i think his his uh improvements will continue this season for some reason with management and with the front office kind of humming together he really hit his stride this past season and i'm expecting that to continue um Mm -hmm. for crawford so i'm excited for him it took every ounce of me not to say Brandon Crawford. I love Brandon Crawford, so I love that pick. Um, but I, I'm actually going to go with a, the newly signed Carlos Rodon. Hmm. I think Rodon is very underrated. I don't think – I mean, if you're a big-time baseball fan, I think you you kind of knew how big this was. Mm-hmm. Um, I know uh, my uh, one of my in-laws was, was talking to me about it. He was like, that's, that's a really good signing. He was like, that's going to be a tough – uh, tough outing for Dodgers every time, and and I I completely agree. I think Carlos Rodon. A lot of people forget he threw a no hitter last year, and typically after someone throws it, he threw it early in the year. Mm-hmm. So um, typically when someone throws a no hitter, especially early in the year, they kind of fall back. He just kept getting better. He was pitching so well. Now. How much can you get better with a no-hitter? He's not like he was throwing no-hitters every time. But what I mean is he wasn't – like he didn't take a step back. He took a step forward. He was getting the strikeouts that he was still wanting to get. He was not allowing the runs. It was his first year that he had over 10 wins. He had 13 wins total, a 2.37 ERA in 24 games started. That's the best of his career. Um he didn't pitch high innings, and I think that's a little worrisome for me. Um, but he only allowed 13 home runs all of last year, mm-hmm. uh, which is huge. Um, and he had a whip of 0.96. So that is a big improvement from the year before where he went 1.57 in his whip. So that's a huge drop, huge mm-hmm. drop. Um, I think Carlos Rodon, and now, and we have seen that the Giants continue to do this. They get these guys who have injury history, which Rodon does, and they have guys who they have something in the tank. They just have to stay healthy. We've seen it recently: Kevin Gosman, Anthony Discalfani, Alex Wood. Those guys, Aaron Sanchez, another guy last year. Those guys were all brought in, and they all had injury history, and mm-hmm. they all basically made a whole season. And the Giants won 107 games. So, and the Giants have done this for years. So now, Carlos Rodon coming—that tells you that okay, all of MLB is taking notice, 
and they know that if you have a lot of injuries and you need to get back on track, you want that big payday, come to the Giants at least for a year and see what you can do. And that's why I think Carlos Rodon is going to have an MVP. Well, he's going to be the best player for the Giants this year. I can dig it. All right, Cody. So last but not least, breakout players for the San Francisco Giants this year. Who do you think that's going to be and why? You can't say Brandon Crawford. Or no, I, <laughs> I, I almost went with um, Wade Jr., to be honest. But I think, um, you know, he still has a lot to kind of prove in the latter part th- of the season. I think you can make the argument that he had his breakout year last year, too, though. Yeah, what I was going to say is, you know, he showed flashes. He was definitely great in the later part of the innings, especially come the ninth inning. He was really, really good at bringing them home or coming up with a clutch hit. However, though, in the month of September leading into October, he he actually had probably one of his lower batting averages of that month in a in a in a time where we really needed him. So, you know, it kind of in a way disappeared when the moment needed him to. But I'm actually going pitching in this route for a breakout year. And now I know that Logan Webb has already somewhat had a breakout, but I think he continues that this year. And I think, in my opinion, he would be our ace. I know Carlos Rendon is a huge addition and he's a great player with a, with a huge legacy and a proven talent. But I think the giants have hit gold with this Logan wed kid. And you see his stuff last year being only in the majors for three years, 25 years of age. And he has really great command of all of his pitches. And he had a, he had a barely a hair above 3.0, I think it was 3.03 uh, 3.03 ERA for the entire going 11 and three and had some great games against the Dodgers and they're hitting and they're hitting lineup and against the Braves. So when it comes to prime hitters, he was able to get them out. Did he have trouble of every pitcher has trouble of course, but in my opinion, I think Logan Webb, we thought had a breakout year last year. I think he will have a even better year this upcoming year with that confidence that he's going to bring in from last year being that successful. And to your point with what you said, with what the giants do bringing in these great pitchers. And I think Carlos Rendon and what he brings to that pitching, uh, to that pitching staff, I think will help elevate Logan Webb to that level that we never, we don't think that he'll reach because we thought it was last year. I think he continues it this year. Yeah. I, I, and, and to, to kind of help you with that, like to prove your point in that, in a sense, I guess would be um, Logan Webb kind of put his name on the map in the postseason. Not really, not too many people paid attention to him in the regular season. I mean, if you were a fantasy baseball player, which we are, you might have you know, at least one team probably had him on his, on, on their team, but Logan Webb, he put his name in the postseason. And so now, we only really saw him a couple of times in the postseason. So now this year he's officially the ace. He is going to start opening day. So now we really get to see, okay, are you that guy? Can mm-hmm. you be that guy? Can you be the next Matt Kane, Tim Lincecum, uh, Madison Bumgarner, those big picture giants, picture names. Can you be one of those guys? I think you're going to see that this year. Um, and I think you're right. I think the the addition with Carlos Rodon is is going to be uh, really helpful. So mm-hmm. um, I think I think that's okay to say that he's a breakout player this year because last year he put his name on the map through the postseason. So mm-hmm. I think uh, that's that's okay. 
but good. I think I was I was laughing because we literally went the opposite on yeah. uh, on the MVP. I went picture, you went uh, everyday player, you went picture for breakout star. I went everyday player for breakout star. This one, if you're if you follow the Giants a lot, um, you kind of heard this name, so this isn't going to be that huge of an of a surprise. But I'm going to tell you why anyway. I'm going to go with Joey Bart. Joey Bart is now the catcher for the Giants. Obviously, Buster Posey retiring this year, um, and we're gonna we're gonna freaking miss him. I mean, no no question about that. But here's the thing: Joey Bart was thrown into a weird situation. Now, Joey Bart was their number one pick back in 2018. Um, and he came up into the minors, kind of had a slow going. Then all of a sudden, in 2020, he was expected to start the year in AAA. Well, then Buster Posey came out and said, hey, with this whole coronavirus thing and me um, having two brand new twins, I'm not going to play. Uh, I'm not going to play in 2020. I'm going to take the year off. So then all of a sudden the Giants are like, well, crap, we're going to have to call up this kid who's definitely not ready, and we're just going to give him experience. And that's what they did. And to his credit, he actually did okay. It wasn't Obviously, it wasn't great, but this kid was not supposed to be in the majors that year. He should not have even sniffed the majors that year, um, but he did. And so he kind of he was trying to learn on the go. Unfortunately, he wasn't able to get a home run. He only played in 33 games, um, and a lot of those games were mainly just pinch hitting. Pinch hitting. There was a lot of um, you know other catchers like Nick Cunley at the I believe at the time, and um, I forget the other catchers. But um, so last year, a lot of people thought, okay, Bart is probably going to get. Um, some starts and no, because Posey had a phenomenal year last year. Mm-hmm. Kurt Casale was a phenomenal backup last year. So Joey Bart really got the, the experience to, okay, let's see some triple a pitching. Let me get used to it. And he started crushing it in the minors in triple a, um, just to kind of give you some numbers, uh, last year in triple a at Sacramento, um, he played in 67 games. He hit 10 home runs had 46 RBIs. He had a, he had a batting average of 294. That is something that Joey Bart can do in the majors. Now, he has the experience of being in the majors now and he has gotten better over the years being in um being in the minors. So, I think Joey Bart for me is going to have a surprisingly good year. He's going to be a breakout star. And I'm not going to say we're going to forget about Buster Posey because you never will. (laughs) Okay. But I think he's, he's a very underrated catcher. Um, Buster Posey was great with his defense and the, obviously his offense, but Joey Bart is, I'm not going to say as good as Buster Posey behind the plate, but he is pretty darn close. And uh, he's a big He's a big bat. I think he's going to have more power than what Buster Posey had. And he could hit a few more home runs. So in that aspect, the bat is going to be maybe more powerful than what Posey's was. Uh, We're going to miss a little bit on defense. But with Kurt Casale right behind him, I think he's also going to learn. I think Casale proved that, hey, I can help these young guys do well. So for me, it's going to be uh, Joey Bart. Right on. I can't wait, to be honest. Oh my God. I know. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we appreciate it. Sorry. We were long winded. Well, I was long winded. 
Um, but um, that's because I missed a week, and that's what happens when I miss a week. I I want to talk about everything that I missed, so sorry about that. But anyway, I appreciate you guys hanging in with us. Um, go check us out on all the social media sites. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see on the bottom. Uh, if you're listening on podcasts, we're on uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, which is all Drew Code Sports Talk. Uh, or some variation. Twitter is Drew underscore code. Um, but uh, everything else is Drew Code Sports Talk. Um, and then go check us out on our YouTube channel. If you're not watching on here, go check it out, uh, which is also evidently Drew Code Sports Talk. Um, and like and subscribe on our YouTube channel. Comment on these videos that you guys see. We always want to hear it. So please, please, please. We want to interact with you guys, so uh, let us know what you what you like. Uh, if you agree with something or if you disagree with something, um, you know, just let us know. We want to interact with you for sure. Um, also, go check out um, our partners over at fnxfitness.com. Uh, we have a promo code for you, which is Drew Code 15. Uh, you can plug that in and get 15% off of your whole purchase by using that promo code. So go check it out. They have great workout gear, great workout supplements. I actually need protein. I'm running low, so I'm going to go. But it's really hard to go on that website and not also look at what kind of workout tank tops they have. It's very, very hard. So, um, but they have really great stuff, but they do sell out really quickly. So go check them out, find something that you like, figure out when it's going to, if it's sold out, figure out when it's going to come back or if they're going to come up with some new stuff. They always are. So go check it out. They got great stuff, but like I said, go do it quick because they run out quick. Um, and, uh, also if you're listening to on the podcast, we are on all the major podcasts. We are on uh, Google Podcasts, um, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeart. Please subscribe, rate, and review on all those. We always want to hear from you. If it's a one-star, let us know what we're doing wrong or what you don't like. That way we can maybe fix it. And if uh, you've got a five-star review, let us know what you like, and that way we can continue to do that and uh, make you happy. So anyway, uh, and I'm going to pass it over to Cody, and he will finish this off by going through his spiel. <laughs> Thank you, Drew. Uh, again, guys, as a reminder, as Drew mentioned, you can follow us on all of our social media handles. We have a link tree that is also attached to the description of this YouTube video you're watching, of the podcast you're listening to. Click on that. It will have our latest video up there. It'll also have our active social media handles, as Drew mentioned. It'll also have that special link that you will need for FNX Fit. Speaking of FNX Fit, they actually have just released their new streetwear line, uh, and they do have discounts coming out, but in between the discounts, Again, use that promo code to get you 15% off. And I just checked to the uh, pro- peanut butter protein powder is still out of stock. I know I tried oh, buying I it. It's still out. I but know. have no fear. If you sign up for their emails, they will let you know when it's ready to go. Uh, and again, don't forget to use our promo code, Drew Code 15 Again, you guys, we want to thank you guys so much for listening. Please interact with us. We'd love to go back and forth with you guys. And please look out for some upcoming episodes where we'll be talking probably fantasy baseball because we our league just activated and we had a draft last week. And Drew's going to come in second place as he always does. And I'm going to win nope. this year. No, so I'm winning. That's just how it's going to go. Uh, and then also to you guys, I know that we didn't plug this in at all, but WrestleMania is this weekend. So I don't know about you guys. Guys, it's a little nostalgia for me, so probably we'll be recapping that for you guys next week once it all goes down. Because my one of my favorite wrestlers of all time, Stone Cold, is going to be appearing in wrestling, and I'm I'm not going to want to hold back and 
and talk about it. So I just hope guys. he doesn't bring a cane. That's all I'm asking. Yeah, I just his, don't want his to see walker. Canes. His walker. As long as there's a, a Steve Weiser on it, then that's fine. <laughs> all right, guys. I think that's enough chit chat for now. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we cannot wait to see you guys next week. With that being said, Drew, say goodnight to the folks. Go Giants. That's not what I said, but okay. Believe me, when they try to change, you can say no, free me.